What is the true essence of Antichrist, and why should we care about it? We'll explore those questions and more today in episode 17 of Adventology entitled, The Antichrist in Me. Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you find answers to the big questions of life so that you can live a life of influence that ultimately impacts the world for eternity. Each week, we will explore a different chapter in the story of humanity that centers around Jesus Christ and culminates at His second coming. Whether you know Jesus already or are simply curious about what the Bible has to say about the end of the world, this podcast has something for you. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. When you hear the word Antichrist, what comes to mind? Depending on our background, we may have conjured up quite a variety of religious and political figures, both past and present. Some of us may have drawn into thoughts of the unknown future, but I doubt any of us pictured ourselves. I know for me, it is much more comfortable to believe that the Antichrist is someone completely disconnected from myself. I mean, I'm a Christian for goodness sake. How could I be a Christian and be against Christ at the same time? But as I look back on the last 20 years of my life living as a Christian, if I'm honest, I see a lot more of me than I do Christ and the things that I've done and said. As I look back, I can see that many times I have said one thing and done another, pretended to care when I really didn't, gave more out of obligation than generosity, Love those who could give me something in return more than those who couldn't. Prioritize desire over obedience. The list could go on and on. On the outside, I often portrayed myself as an angel of light, while inside I was filled with darkness. And it got me thinking, what if the Antichrist is not so much of a person as he is a condition? What if he is, in fact, the definition of humanity trying to be like God without his help? What if he is the personification of the natural heart pretending to follow God because he is unwilling to surrender to the condition of discipleship we discussed in episode 15? You remember what Jesus said, right? He said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What if the real Antichrist I should be worried about is the Antichrist in me? It is interesting because when you look at what the Bible has to say about the Antichrist, there is a lot of support for this idea. For instance, right before John introduces the concept of Antichrist, he writes this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. In other words, what John is saying here is that true followers of Jesus will reject the love of the world And then he goes on to define what the love of the world looks like. The lust of the flesh. In other words, indulging in sensuality. 
the lust of the eyes, meaning indulging in selfish desire. And of course, the pride of life is the love of display and prestige. These are all characteristics of the world and not the Father. However, Antichrist would be one who claims to be following Christ while also enabling the love of the world to remain in the heart. Again, this could describe any of us. That is why John went on to say in the next two verses, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. This is fascinating to me because not only does John warn us about the universal or corporate Antichrist of the last days, but he also mentions the many individual Antichrists of his day. And why did he call them Antichrists? Because they refused to become one with the body of Christ. They wanted to be associated with Christianity to receive its benefits, mainly salvation, but they did not want to be restricted by it. They wanted to be Christians, but they also didn't want to give up their love for the world. Thus, Antichrist, in its truest sense, is a mixture between the two. It's a synthesis between the love of Jesus and a love of the world at the same time. It is, in a sense, a baptism of sensuality and pride. Interestingly enough, we find Paul making the same connections in his second letter to the Thessalonians when he wrote, Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day will not come unless a falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Of course, in this context, Paul is clearly referring to the universal or corporate Antichrist of the last days that will be revealed just before the true Christ comes in the clouds. And there was a lot we'll have to say about that later on. But for now, I want you to pick up the essence of Antichrist that is revealed again here for us. Notice, first of all, what the Antichrist is. He is the man of sin, the son of condemnation. In other words, he is unredeemable. The man of sin cannot be saved. This is an important point. Also notice that he exalts himself above God, which of course means he acts as though he were God. His will reigns supreme over God's will. And he can do this because he sits on the throne in the temple of God. In other words, he is the one in control. He has taken something that rightly belongs to God and sits as an imposter on the throne, giving his commands as if they were commands of God, keeping the ones he likes and discarding the ones he doesn't. Are you seeing the connection to the natural human heart yet? I don't know about you, but I see myself completely in that description. The reality is that I still want to be God of my own life. I want to sit on the throne of my body temple. Yet the gospel tells me that in order to accept salvation, I also have to accept that my body no longer belongs to me, 
and therefore is not mine to control. The Bible tells us, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It is only as I allow God complete control of me by giving up my throne to him that I can be a follower of Jesus in the truest sense. This is what Jesus meant when he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. In other words, the first and most important step in discipleship is getting off my throne. Failing to do that opens me up to all kinds of self-deception of the natural heart. Jeremiah described the natural heart as deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Thus, the only thing I need in order to become the man of sin is a heart of sin reigning supreme in me. Of course, then, as we look at Christian history, we can see that not everything done in the name of Christianity was done with Christ sitting on the throne of the church, just as you or I or anyone else today can claim to be a Christian and yet do things that Christ would never do. Thus, the key to detecting Antichrist in ourselves and in the world around us has to be the Bible and specifically the will of God expressed through his Ten Commandments. Revelation makes clear that the call to follow Jesus in the last day also involves a rejection of the world and a rejection of the spirit of the Antichrist that has infected Christianity. The second angel of Revelation 14 cries out, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Just as fallen as our natural heart is any type of religion that allows self to reign supreme, that downplays the obedience of the commandment of God and allows for that which appeals to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This work has to begin inside each of us before it makes any sense to look outside of us for its corporate identity. Until we see ourselves as fallen, we can never see God for who he truly is and Christ as who we truly need to be living in us. It is only in self-abandonment that we are transformed from Antichrist in me to Christ in me. It has been said the battle against self is the greatest battle ever fought. And if we lose this battle, We lose everything because it is only those who have Christ in them who are going to be saved in the end. Almost Christians will not. The ones who say but don't do. Unfortunately, almost but not wholly saved means to be not almost but wholly lost. This is why being ready for Jesus has everything to do with knowing who he is. Is Jesus living in your heart? Does your relationship with him mean more to you than anything in this world? This self-knowledge is essential as we look forward to his soon coming. Because if we don't know ourselves, if we don't know who is sitting on the throne of our heart, then we won't know which Christ we are following. But we need not remain ignorant. Going back to the text we looked at in episode 15 is all we have to do to see the truth if we are willing to accept it. 
Now the Bible tells us, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, just as he walked. In other words, if I say that I know Jesus, but am unwilling to keep his commandments, then it should become very evident to me that it is Antichrist, not Christ, who is living in me. The good news is that while it is true Antichrist is condemned to die and is unredeemable, the gospel opens a door for us to walk through that puts the old man to death and resurrects a new man to life. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. This is the hope of the resurrection. This is what Jesus came to give us when he died on that cross, the new life. And this is the hope of all who sincerely take on the name of Jesus. Again, the Bible tells us, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, in the end, Antichrist dies one way or another. Either we allow Christ to be put to death in us today, or Christ will put him to death in us when he comes again. But if we wait till he comes again, it'll be too late. Going back to Paul's letter in Thessalonians, it is very clear what we can expect to experience in that day if we allow Antichrist to continue reigning supreme on the throne of our hearts. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. You see, you can hide it today. No one may know that the Antichrist is living in you, but you know if he is in you. And if you don't, you need to know right now because one day everyone will know too when he's revealed in those who are destroyed by the brightness of the coming of Jesus. The glory of God will reveal what is in the heart. And that day is coming soon. Are you ready? This is not something we can take lightly. In fact, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. Test ourselves. Do we not know ourselves that Jesus Christ is in us? Unless we indeed are disqualified. I hope and pray we both pass the test. Because for those of us who don't, there is a system already set up in the world to deceive those who want to be deceived, to those who willfully are allowing Antichrist to reign in their own life. Yes, and that system is referred to in the Bible as Babylon. Just as our sinful hearts are fallen, so are the false systems of worship our sinful hearts have created. And what does this system look like? That is what we're going to be revealing as we move forward in this podcast. But for now, I will say this. The system looks like a method of forgetting God, which passes as a method of remembering him that embraces the two ditches of Christianity we talked about in episode 13. 
both those who would be saved by their works and those who would be saved in their sins. This is why everything we have studied up to this point is essential to understanding the prophecies in the Bible concerning the corporate Antichrist of the last days. There's still a long journey ahead of us, and it's only possible to make if we are willing to fully surrender our hearts to God. Won't you allow God to rid your heart of Antichrist so that Christ can be all in all in your heart today? He is willing. He is knocking. All you have to do is open the door. Won't you do it right now? Thanks for listening to this episode of Adventology. Our goal on this podcast is for you to be ready for Jesus. And the best way to be ready for Jesus is to spend time getting to know him. Knowing Jesus is everything. And that is why we spent the time today studying the Antichrist in me. But don't just take my word for it. Study it out for yourself. And for a hands-on experience, I encourage you to check out our website, adventology.com, where you can get a transcript of today's episode along with any of the previous episodes we've already published. Also, if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Or better yet, please leave a rating and review from wherever you downloaded this podcast from. It really makes a difference. All right, well, I enjoyed our time together today, and I look forward to seeing you back next time on episode 18 when we will begin exploring the building blocks of understanding Bible prophecy. Until then, Maranatha.